Okay, before we get going, I should just let you know that you're going to hear the odd F word here and there. It's only ever used as a means of emphasis and it's part of how I speak. This series is brought to you with the support of the LSE and the first letter of the words happier, H. When making decisions, we're all influenced by biases, tendencies to think or act in ways that might not be accurate, and heuristics, which are basically mental shortcuts. These rules of thumb can be helpful from time to time, and they might have served us well in the past, but they can also get in the way of us being happier in the modern world. Powerful emotional attachments or investments can make cognitive biases even harder to overcome. In this episode, we'll discuss some of these biases and heuristics and how you can overcome them. Whether we like it or not, we are continually buffeted by influences shaping our behavior. Some of these are obvious, but many of them may go unnoticed, so this episode will flush them out. Let's start with the distinction between joint and separate evaluation. These are basically to describe what happens when you choose and then when you experience a choice. So in joint evaluations, two or more options are presented together and evaluated in comparison to one another. So for example, if you're considering which of two job offers to take, you might compare them each in terms of their salary, their benefits, their hours worked, and some other factors. But once you take a job, you don't notice these things anywhere near as much. And the separate evaluation of the experience associated with the one job dominate. So the commute and your colleagues may then become much more important than say the salary difference. Try to imagine what you will pay attention to and what will affect you most once you've made a choice as well as what matters when you're making it. Commuting and colleagues matter a lot to how much you will enjoy your job. This can lead to a decision that is more likely to lead to more happiness in the longer run. Thinking about joint and separate evaluations has certainly made my life a lot easier. Whenever we've chosen paint or carpets, I remind myself that it really doesn't matter what shade of grey or blue or whatever, because once we've chosen, we'll like it and we won't pay anywhere near as much attention to what might otherwise have been. My builders have always loved me for being so quick in deciding. In fact, we can relax about many of the choices we make in life. Most of them won't matter that much to our experiences, even if there appears to be a significant difference between them when we're choosing. Projection bias. This is what behavioral scientists call the scenario where we mistakenly use our current feelings to project how we will feel in the future. The classic example is when we buy more food for next week when we're currently hungry. Having a shopping list to avoid this bias is really significant here. Think about how your feelings guide your decisions. Do you always say yes when asked out on a date and wonder why you're so bored? Does an early Sunday brunch sound like a good thing to do when you're making a decision on a Friday, but not so much on the Sunday morning? Okay, so confirmation bias. This is a tendency to seek out information that supports our existing beliefs and to ignore evidence that contradicts it. This can prevent change by limiting exposure to new perspectives and ideas easier a person only reading one news source that aligns with their political views. Remember that some of these effects, in fact many of them, will be unconscious. In one study, researchers gave two groups of participants some written background information about a person in the photograph. They then asked them to describe how they thought the people in those photos felt. People who read more negative background information tended to infer more negative feelings, and people who read more positive background information tended to assume more positive feelings. This indicates that the initial impression formed by the participants heavily influenced their ability to infer the emotions of the individuals in the photographs. This study highlights how preconceived notions and biases, based on whatever information we have available, can impact the way we interpret and understand the emotions of others. In situations related to your own happiness, 
You may use confirmation bias to stay in miserable relationships or to continue to stay in a shit job that gives you very little pleasure or purpose. You could speak to different people who share different views to you. In my latest book, I'm going to be looking into this in more detail. But there is evidence that people who interact with the diverse social portfolio, as it's called, report greater life satisfaction. In one study looking at a sample of 50,000 people from eight countries, those people who had weaker ties in their social connections also had higher levels of life satisfaction. So not only will your views get challenged, you might also be happier for it. In a similar way, we can suffer from an anchoring effect. This is where we rely on the first piece of information that we encounter. That acts as a reference point for our future decisions or judgments. This can prevent change by limiting our ability to consider alternative, fresher perspectives. So, for example, you might get anchored and fixated on an initial price and lose sight of other things that might matter when you're purchasing something, such as its quality. This anchoring effect can affect us in a host of different ways, and that depends, of course, on the specific situation. If you rely on the first piece of information encountered as a reference point, you may end up making a decision that you later regret, easy by buying an inferior item that's on sale. This anchoring effect can prevent us from considering new information and perspectives, making us feel stuck in our old ways of thinking. One way to overcome the anchoring effect is to learn more about the topic through researching different viewpoints of various prices, etc. And you can talk to people who might know a little more about the topic than you. Just basically freshen up your ideas. The focus and illusion. Part of the problem with our preferences is that we suffer from an inherent focus and illusion. This magnifies the importance of something because you're paying attention to it. Because of this effect, we often exaggerate how happy or miserable we think something will make us. Nothing in life is as important as you think it is whilst you're thinking about it. For example, if you save up for an expensive pair of shoes because you think it'll make you happier, but when you wear them, you're too focused on not ruining them, they're not going to make you very happy, are they? This exaggeration is why we adapt much more quickly to events such as a pay rise or a health loss or a pair of shoes than our preferences suggest. We withdraw attention from something when it ceases to be novel, but we forecast that that event will have a much more significant impact than it does. You can overcome this focus and illusion by paying attention to your day-to-day -day activities and being honest with the feedback you receive from yourself and others about those experiences. One important way of overcoming many of these biases is just to simply go with the flow. We think we make rational choices, but here's another example of where we need to get over ourselves. We really don't. Most of the time we're making decisions influenced by the context rather than the cognition of our brains. Most of what we do simply comes about rather than being thought about. So it's really hard to debias ourselves and even harder to overcome these contextual influences. So I'm not sure we should even really try. Unconscious attention is where you're unaware of what you are attending to. We don't really allocate unconscious attention in any meaningful way. It just gets allocated without us having to make any real decision about what we're attending to. But you can choose the environment or context within which your unconscious attention is allocated. Now that you know about some of these biases, be alert to them. When you're shopping, when you're choosing a restaurant, when you're choosing a partner, or when you're choosing how to design your day. Accept that these biases can influence you. Not always in ways that make you less happy, sometimes in ways that will make you happier too. When you're making a choice, try to imagine what you'll pay attention to and what will affect you most once you've made the choice, rather than what matters most whilst you're deciding. 
So when making a choice about a new job, pay attention to the day-to-day stuff, like the commute, the team, and the work-life balance. Seek out opposing opinions to your own so that you have enough information to make better decisions. By being aware, you'll be in a better position to overcome hurdles and create a happier life. My ambition in creating Get Happier goes beyond simply offering a free copy and ending it there. I intend to foster a community of individuals who can make society happier using rigorous and relevant evidence with minimal effort. Subscribe to my Substack where I'll share resources and insights so that we can all get happier.